The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs and marketers. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And today we're going to discuss optimizing content creation for SEO success. Joining me today is Autumn McKetty, who is the SEO and content coordinator at 1-800-Flowers. The company's e-commerce business platform features an all-star family of brands, including 1-800-Flowers.com, Harry and David, and many more. Today, Autumn and I are going to discuss teaching content teams SEO best practices. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here's my conversation with Autumn, the SEO and content coordinator at 1-800-Flowers. Autumn, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. I'm excited to dive in here. Obviously, your background is one that we we hear often, right? Which is like a, a heavier content background moving into an SEO role. And maybe before we get into the details of teaching content teams SEO best practices, why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey and how you got into 1-800-Flowers? Yeah. Um, so I started at Harry and David, which is owned by 100 Flowers, uh, as an intern in July of 2021 after I graduated college. Um, and I originally started as a junior content editor intern. So I was working with the content team and the social team because um, that was mainly what I had gone to school for. 
And I kind of knew a little bit about SEO, um, partly from being in the WordPress world for about 15 years at that point. But I didn't really know that much about it. And I was kind of there for the content side of things. So I was, you know, mostly it was on the periphery. And then I met the department head of the SEO team at 1-800-Flowers and we bonded over music because we're both huge music nerds. And she ended up asking me to join the team after my internship ended. So I switched from content and social to SEO content. And uh, I was thrown into the deep end immediately and learned to swim, thankfully, from uh, her support and also my team support. And, you know, thankfully, SEO is a little forgiving at times. So it's, you know, when things went wrong, it was pretty easy to fix it (laughs) and learn from my mistakes. Um, Yeah, so that's where I where I got started. That's awesome. I mean, I really appreciate kind of the the journey, right? Because one of it, one of the things that is really evident in the SEO space is being self-taught. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, in particular right now, especially with where SEO is today, with AI, how search engines and the search landscape is changing so rapidly, being self-taught is a huge asset and a key to, I think, success, not just in content SEO roles, but all SEO roles. Yeah, I mean, I think that that was one thing that our team has always been really, you know, supportive of is like going to workshops, going to conferences, you know, listening to listening to this podcast or any other uh, podcast or, you know, whatever, whatever floats you about, whatever (laughs) media you want to consume and educate yourself on like, you know, the do's and don'ts and get the basics down. Um, I know that I'm forgetting his last name, but Bruce... What's his name? Bruce Clay. Yes, Bruce Clay. He was the first guy, of course, for me that I was like, okay, I'm getting introduced to who they call the father of SEO and like <laughs> trying to understand the basics. And he was a big help. Possibly uh, grandfather at this point, but yes. yes like, <laughs> or godfather, depending <laughs> godfather. on who you want to. Yeah, so I definitely, the first six months, it was a lot of, a lot of workshops, a lot of podcasts, you know, and just like trying to, intake or take in as much information as I could while also working at the same time, which um, was honestly, like, I think I was just like in a constant state of overwhelm for that, like first six months of that job. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. But uh, because of the team that I was working with, I was able to get through it and like, feel like I was being supported, even though I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But you know, we we got there eventually. And now I feel like I understand <laughs> most of the time what's what's happening. I mean, it's, SEO is changing all the time too, so it's like hard to to know always. But you know, it keeps you humble. That's good. <laughs> yep, no doubt, no doubt. You know, Autumn, for our conversation today, we're we're really diving into the concept of content teams and and how we enable them with SEO best practices. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about One Hundred Flowers and what is a content team? How are they organized and what they look like in in your organization? Yeah, I mean, so we have our our main guy who does most of our budgeting and also is like our main head honcho. I think I call him the big cheese. (laughs) And uh, then we have our editors who are kind of split by because we have so many blogs at this point with their split into the food brands and like the gifting and flowers brands. So they run multiple blogs each. So that's kind of helps us just keep a bit of a divider between, you know, which the food brands have a specific tactics that we use, whereas the flowers might be a little bit different, but it's mostly just based on the occasions that we're trying to to target because food brands is bigger during the holidays, um, whereas flowers is like bigger around Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. So they have uh, each 
have about two to three blogs that they have to create content for. And so I work with them uh, on a daily basis. We usually meet at least once a week, usually more, to talk about, you know, if they have any questions about any of the content that they're working on, if they want me to do any keyword research about a specific topic that they were curious about. And they also have the ability to do keyword research themselves, but usually they will rely on me to do it because I have the SEO background. Uh, Yeah, so I'll do keyword research for whatever they want, or if we're doing like, like right now we're coming up for the holidays. So Mm -hmm. really focusing on like Thanksgiving and Christmas and that kind of a thing. So I will usually do keyword research on my own time and then send what I find to them to be like, here's some good ideas that I think we could, you know, do well on um, because it works with our brand. Um, And then they will either say, no, I don't want to do that. Or they'll be like, great, great. We'll We'll do that and they'll, we'll go through and uh, find a writer and, you know, do the content side of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about that process a little bit because, you know, I think this is one of the key things about content teams that is often misunderstood, which is the process is almost as important as the outputs, right? Because, uh, you know, otherwise it all gets uh, lost and you start forgetting that you needed to do this and the deadlines on topics and all these things. So mm-hmm. what I'd love to hear is a little bit about your process. Like what, what does the process look like and where do you get started and where do you get involved? And, and once we kind of understand that, then let's get into some of the teachings and how we're helping this team get, get unlocked. Yeah. I mean, so on like the food side of things, say we're looking at seasonal recipes. So like right now we're getting into pear season for Harry and David. So I will look into pear recipes and all types of iterations of that search keyword or that keyword. Um, And I will see, you know, also I'll look at Google trends and see what's been trending over the last year. I'll look at Pinterest. Uh, I'll even look at TikTok or Instagram. And I'm, I have an ongoing conversation with the social people at Harry and David as well to see, you know, what are they doing? What kind of recipes or DIY stuff are they asking their influencers to make so that they can share that. And once we get aligned on the topic, um, if it's like, I don't know, for example, like a pear tart or something like that, um, if we don't already have that on the blog, then I will send that over to the editor and be like, here's here's the main keyword that I think we should target and like the search volume and like, here's some extra other keywords that are like similar iterations of that pear tart word or keyword. And then from there, um, the editor takes that and he's going to base that piece off of those that collection of keywords so that we know that the writer needs to include some of those so that rather than going into the piece after it's been written and like putting in the keywords, because we're not keyword stuffing or anything like that, we prefer to do the keywords from the beginning because that way they can be organically implemented and written in. As, um, and so when you're reading it, it's not like you know, keywords smacking you in the face. <laughs> um, so I let him handle the content side of things because um, he has a lot of writers that he works with pretty regularly. Um, and then from there, we have um, a system where, you know, we put in tickets and they, the tickets all come to me. So I know what, you know, what articles need SEO information, whether that's a keyword or, well, I guess in this instance, we've already had our keyword, but if it's like a URL, uh, meta description, that kind of a thing. So I'll go through and I will write up all of that information for them, like what I think the title should be, what the meta description is, the URL, all of that stuff, even down to the image file name so that they know exactly what they need to do. That kind of thing where <laughs> teaching is really important beforehand because then we have to go back and fix it later. So I've been 
doing that a lot and just trying to make sure that people are following all the information that I give them. And then they usually implement that themselves, or if it's on the Harry and David side of things, I'm the one that builds the majority of the pieces on that blog. So sometimes it's a bit of writing a message to my future self and just being like, here's all the information in Autumn, and then uh, I implement that later um, on the CMS. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Love it. I mean, you know, process when it comes to SEO and content is is so key, right? Because there's everything from data points to um, feedback and collaboration. And ultimately, like the real success behind content is the ability to nurture that process and en- engage in it and like grow with it within your teams. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what the main purpose of our conversation today is, which is a teaching these content teams, right? And so, you know, in your time here at 100 Flowers, what are some of the big learnings that you feel the content team has gained out of SEO best practices that you've shared with them? I mean, I think there's a lot, but I think the biggest one is now whenever they're curious about something, they're always like, Autumn, will you go research that and see what we can find? You know, if there's anything that they're curious about, we'll just go I'll just go look it up and find as many iterations as I can and be like, okay, here's what I have. And I think that also helps us, you know, kind of decide, is this something that's worth pursuing for us? Because sometimes it'll be like, there's not enough search volume for this for us to be worth it. Or in other cases, it is like, there's not a lot of search volume, but like, actually, if we write this piece, it could be really good. And we could actually rank really high for it because there's not a lot of the people searching for this. So I think that's the biggest thing is they, I think, switched from it being like, oh, we don't really know what to write or we're not sure if this is going to work for SEO as they just ask me first and see if it's even, you know, worth it. And that's been a a big learning. I think that the image file name, like I talked about, just like getting into the nitty gritty and then getting to understand that, like, if they're building a URL, they need to talk to me before they publish it because we don't want to go back and, you know, edit the URL after after the fact. And I think the big thing was like understanding what we can change after something's been published and what we can't. Because 
like with the URL and the image file name, it's really difficult. Not really difficult. It's just annoying. And <laughs> um, sometimes it can can be detrimental to our traffic as well if you're going to go back and then change the URL. So understand the consequences of, of that has been a huge help because we now know or they understand like when they can just go and, and futz with something in the back end of things and then when they need to talk to me first, which is has saved us some traffic, I think. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And on this whole element of like when to reach out to the SEO, right? Like that that's a big that's a big theme here in, in what you're sharing. How have you built that trust with that content team? What what were some of the maybe key milestones in building out that trust? I mean I think there's a couple of things. Part of it was when I joined the SEO team, uh, my boss at the time was really good about like just pushing me into meetings and just like making me visible so that people knew like this was the person to come to. And part of the reason she did that is because we didn't have someone who was just doing SEO and content before I took the job, partly because the job didn't exist and before I came onto the scene, because before it was like the e-com side, we're like trying to do all the e-com stuff and then also doing the blog, which was just like too much to manage. So a lot of it was visibility and just like being like, she is the person that you need to go to. And another part of it was that because I was working with the content team as an intern, I already had a previous relationship with them, um, specifically the editor for the food side of things. Um, And he and I work very closely together still. We're almost always in contact every day. We have managed to build this really fantastic work relationship. So I think it also just helped that all the people on the content team are lovely and we all really like each other. So like that, I think we kind of just naturally started building some, some trust just as human beings. Um, and yeah, I think that also it helped that the SEO team then felt like they had like the e-com side of things they felt like they could now be like we have a boundary of like this is the e-com side and this is the content so like if you have content questions you got to go to autumn if you have e-com you got to go to the other guys and i think that also helped in like again building that trust of everyone knows that i'm the person that you go to rather than like kind of floating in the ethers and being like i don't know who to talk to so i think that was a lot of things to your question. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things that all all helped. No question, and, and it's a process, right? It's a journey, right? It's it's not a sprint, and so mm-hmm. um, you know, there's constantly like iteration on projects, pilots, till you get to the place where you actually have a really strong uh, sense of trust and identity uh, with your content teams. Yeah. You know, I want to throw a curveball question at you, Autumn. Like as you start to think about the future of search and how search is evolving, this relationship between content owner and SEO is going to become more and more complex, right? We're going to have a deeper need for data. We're going to need more insight. And as SGE, ChatGPT, or other search-based experiences evolve with more integrated AI, how do you think this relationship is going to change? How do you think the best practices might change when it comes to content SEO? I mean, I would say from the relationship side of things, I think what's going to need to change, and I think we're we're lucky on, at least in my world with the content team, I think that they're pretty flexible with this, is I think editors and content teams are going to need to be more opening and, or more open and embracing of AI in general, because I think that it can be really helpful for generating content, but, you know, using it as like, a freelance writer, you know, where we 
have the topic, we put it in there, and it kind of, it spits out whatever it's going to spit out, and then we go through with a fine-tooth comb and make sure that it is meeting all the SEO best practices, but also is meeting our standards in terms of content. Um, so I think we are pretty lucky in that most of our editors have embraced it already, um, and there's not really anybody on our side that's like, you know, we don't want to talk to anyone about AI at all. Um, <laughs> but I do think that I think that like whenever new technology like this gets introduced, there's always going to be people that are going to say it's like, you know, it's going to put writers out of work. It's going to like, no one's going to run and read books anymore by people. It's all going to be written by robots. And like, (laughs) I just, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, like AI definitely on a personal level freaks me out, but like for working, (laughs) it's very helpful. Um, And like getting that integration, I think that especially when you, if you are facing any budget issues or anything like that, it really helps because then you don't have to worry about, you know, finding a freelance writer who maybe you can't afford. You can just have AI write you something really quickly and then you can doll it up yourself and then also make sure that it's following SEO best, best practices at the same time. The other part was just like any of like the final tips in terms of like some of the ways that you may have to evolve your best practices with the new AI experience. I don't know. Honestly, I think that that's one of those things that we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I do think with the SGE, like we've already been making some optimizations and just like looking at what Google's already spitting out in that experience to see what it looks like and, you know, optimizing some of our existing content to see if we can, you know, show up in that. That's right. Or continue to show up because we are in some places already showing up. But yeah, I think it's hard to say because it's... I feel like every time I wake up and open my email, Google has made like some other change or iteration. And it's like right. really hard to keep up with, but you know, we, we do our best. Oh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the Voices Search Podcast. Big thank you to Autumn McKetty, the SEO and content coordinator at 1-800-Flowers for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Autumn and I are going to discuss creating content that targets high-volume keywords. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to contact Autumn, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact her on Twitter, where her handle is at mmwoman24, or visit her company website, 1-800-Flowers.com. Okay, thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney, that's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. 
That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.